0: the Armenian desk clerk had his arm up ready to pluck a key from the pegboard behind him queen or two single beds I fumbled in my wallet for the business credit card Queen. two singles Carla yanked the wallet from me and handed the man my card the clerk's brow furrowed one corner of his mouth ticked up would you like to step over there and get your story straight before checking in? Just what I needed in my current state of inebriation. A smart-ass desk clerk in a shitty pay-by-the-hour motel. Two singles, unless you want me bunking on the floor in here tonight. Carla scowled and grabbed a counter for support, slurring her words.
1: Oh, don't mind him, he's a... Bu- Prone to gassy bouts of der- derision when you feel superior. Like the aforementioned flatulence. 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 This too shall pass.
0: We got checked in. The clerk handed Carla the key. And I grabbed our bags from the car. By the time I met her at room six, Carla was standing just over the threshold, pinching her nose.
1: Ew, it stinks.
0: That's the smell of despair I alluded to earlier. Possibly coupled with the still lingering scent of death. I dumped my bag on one bed and hers on the other. Then pulled the half-full bottle of Johnny Walker from under my arm, twisted off the cap, and chugged down most of the contents in one gulp.
1: Ugh, give me that.
0: Carla grabbed the bottle and finished it
1: off. You're loping toward your obituary like a guy who just hit a foul ball and still wants to get some space between him and home plate just to make a fucking point.
0: She handed me the empty bottle, and I tossed it into a nearby trash can. I'm not afraid of dying, Carla.
1: I know. Your daily alcohol intake gets that point across, Morneau. Saying it out loud is (laughs) superfluous.
0: She unzipped her bag with a drunken flourish. I think the word you're looking for is superfluous.
1: The word, words I'm looking for are pain in my ass.
0: She yanked a few items from her bag.
1: I'm taking a shower. Try not to drink yourself into a coma while I'm in there.
0: I just sat down and heard the shower turn on when my cell phone rang. As soon as I hit the button and put it to my ear, he started talking. So, here's what we know. Joe Arecchio was never one for niceties. We'd met a few years back when I was working on a missing persons case. The cousin of my client was a cyber hacker who helped get my client a new identity. Unfortunately for both, the reason for the subterfuge was a mutual friend who ended up dead. Fortunately for my client, he'd only aided and abetted. He got less time than Arecchio's guy who, as it turned out, had hacked more than someone's computer. If memory serves, it took the feds a few months to assemble the body parts, which had been bottled in mason jars and mailed to relatives. After hours, we'd commiserated over drinks, exchanged information on our clients during a quid pro quo drinking game, wherein Orecchio ended up with the most information, and I ended up with a stiff hangover. Feds are good at that getting what they need while giving as little as possible in return. Your guy killed his wife's ex and kid,
2: cleaned up at the local rest stop on the interstate. The bloody clothing was recovered by the night janitor, so Rios must have had a change of clothes in his car. Headed to First Mutual Bank, withdrew the sum of $467,000 from a corporate account then headed to the Orlando International Airport. Given the brain trust had just beaten two people to death, I assume he didn't think about his phone being a tracking device until he reached the airport. It was found by a tourist floating in a commode in the airport men's room. Rios was identified by one ticket agent and two flight attendants as having boarded a flight bound for D.C. The plane that left D.C. later made two more connecting flights, the final destination being Argentina. I'll email you the phone and airport records, but that's where the trail gets sketchy. We got there the next day, but in a country like that, with the guy using cash, we lost him pretty quick. I don't think the killings were premeditated. He bought his ticket at the airport and checked no bags. Airport agreed was golf attire. His shirt had the Bay Hill Golf Course logo. They found his Cadillac in long term parking, and there was a golf bag in the trunk. Since he golfed twice a week, the bag was probably kept in the car. CSI took some blood evidence from the door handle and center
0: console. Both matched the kid's blood. So he's in Argentina somewhere. That bit of information irritated me to no end. I've never been partial to warm foreign climates where I don't understand the language. But the idea of taking that lengthy a plane ride with Carla surpassed the aforementioned heat and language barrier on my no way in hell list. Maybe,
2: maybe not. We did locate some distant cousins of Rios living in Argentina. They denied having seen him and we couldn't find any proof otherwise. But I'm guessing they at least knew he was there. They're under surveillance now, but Rios hasn't shown up. We had a thin lead, basically an eyewitness who said they saw him board a plane bound back for the States a few weeks later. I don't know what the guy is up to, but the flight he was on connected to two other ultimate destinations, Texas and Florida. Because there was a shift change during the first connection, we can't confirm which connecting flight he was on because he wasn't using his own identification
0: and had probably altered his appearance. My guess is Florida. But why would the idiot head back to the scene of the crime, or at the very least, the state he committed it in? Something he left behind. So he's been off the grid for a good while now. I said this mostly to myself, but Orechio responded in the affirmative. I thanked him and was just hanging up the phone when Carla clambered out of the bathroom wrapped in a towel, steam billowing out behind her.
1: Ugh, stuffy in here.
0: She flopped down on the bed, face down. I opened the hotel room door and let in a burst of cold air.
1: Hey, Grumpy. Sit down. I want to ask you something.
0: The hot shower had done nothing to mitigate Carla's state of inebriation. Her words were a slurry blend of loosely enunciated consonants. Go to sleep, Carla. I set the phone down and grabbed another bottle, still trying to process the information I'd just received.
1: Tell me about the hookers.
0: Carla rubbed her face roughly with a hand then wrapped her arms around a pillow and adjusted herself for comfort. I cracked the seal, thumbing the cap from the bottle as I turned my back to her. I wasn't feeling up to playing her game, even though I knew she hadn't asked out of some purrient need to ingest and judge. Carla is overly curious, like a two-year-old with a saltier vocabulary. I sat down on the end of my bed and stared through the grimy window, into the empty parking lot. I had two choices. I could tell her about my conversation with Erecchio, or answer her questions. Given the pounding in my head and the fact that choosing option two meant she'd have at least one more day of blissful ignorance before I had to tell her that her ex was probably closer than either of us would like, I decided taking one for the team was the only alternative.
1: Why the hookers and blow?
0: When I turned around and glared at her, she drowned out a lazy chuckle by burying her face in the pillow. Because Marjorie was gone and I didn't give a hot piss what happened to the husk I was stuck walking the world in. I fucked whatever was within my budgetary constraints after I'd had my fill of alcohol and coke. You'd be amazed at how little a tawdry rub between strangers means when you're not actually present. Like the time I woke up in a room that makes this one look like the Taj Mahal and found the nasty little punch board I'd spent the night with, had stolen my wallet, and stripped my car. Laptop, CDs, GPS.
1: <sighs> nasty little punchboard, huh? That's some lovely imagery wrapped around a juicy hunk of misogyny.
0: She lifted her arm and made a half-hearted attempt to motion for me to continue. She left the keys and my driver's license in the front seat, like a good little girl. Stood out in the parking lot laughing my ass off. But at some point I realized I might be getting too comfortable with it all. It's one thing to participate in an honest, ejaculatory transaction. It's another thing to realize you're starting to enjoy the shabbiness of it. When it starts taking all kinds of sordid business to stave off indifference. Self-degradation is an unpleasant addiction, but it's nothing compared to the revelation that you're getting off on someone else's shame. But the deeper I sank, the farther away from my old life I was getting, and I needed to put as much space as I could between what was and not giving a shit. So I stayed drunk for a good long while because the jarring segues from drunk to sober were like being assaulted by a floodlight. Nothing like a flash of dehumanizing self-awareness to illuminate the fact that you probably don't deserve the space you're occupying on the planet. So, if you're going to continue to live, you might want to figure out a way to earn it as painlessly as possible. The irony is, once you get a good look at the space between the shattered parts of yourself, even when you manage to pull it together, All those shards that broke away in the process can't be put back well enough that they don't chip away easier the next time around. I hovered there in silence, the ringing in my ears finally having dulled, thinking about how people are at their most honest when they're not sober. Without that self-edit function that becomes muddled when the synapses are firing more slowly and things are lulled into a comfortable state, making everything easier to bear, How we all have our personal anesthetics. Shit we cling to because it's more comfortable than the alternative. I was thinking about this when I turned around and found Carla had fallen asleep somewhere during my revelatory binge. I listened to her quiet intake and release of breath and I realized that maybe what she clings to is the dysfunction of others. How she can wriggle her way in and somehow make it better while trying to forget about her own dysfunction. Maybe that's the key to enlightenment, shifting the focus.